0: The kids are ready to praise God, yeah. Adults, I hope you guys are ready too. (laughs) Just wanna encourage you guys, as you come into the house, you guys may have had really um, awesome weeks. Some of you may have had really troubling weeks. Others maybe um, you had real struggles and this morning you've got here. So I want you to turn to your neighbour and give them a high five because you made it into the house of God. It was a good decision that you made. Um, Even if you don't feel like you wanna be here, It's a good place that you came. So well done. I'm just going to read this verse. It says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we can confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Should I say that again? And we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confidence, hope and salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us His Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. When we were utterly helpless, helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for our sins. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. How good is that? So wherever you're at this morning, it is good to be in the house of God. So Father God, we thank You for what You are gonna do this morning. Lord, we position ourselves in Your house to worship You, to lift You on high because You are worthy of all praise. Lord, You have the power to break through in situations that need breakthrough. Father, You have the power and You love us, God. Undeserve Your oh God, You love us. So thank You, Father, as we worship You, as we lift our voice to You, may You be glorified in Jesus' Name. Amen. You guys ready? Woo hoo. Awesome. Nothing is impossible with God. Just a thought. <laughs> Thank you.
1: that You are a good God, You're a great God. And Lord, we enter Your Your place this morning into the house of God with thanksgiving, with rejoice in our heart, with joy. God, we thank You for who You are and what You're doing, Lord. We thank You for freedom in the Name of Jesus, that Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we thank You, Lord, that You have given us freedom to be joyful, to have life, And so, God, we we choose to live in life today. Lord, we choose to worship You today, not because we have to, but because we choose to. We worship You, Lord. So, Lord, may You be glorified in this gathering this morning. Father, may Your name be lifted high. Jesus, we thank You for everything that You've done, the sacrifice You've made. Holy Spirit, we thank You that Your presence is tangible in this place this morning. Lord, we thank you for your joy. Amen. Who's full of joy this morning? Who's alive? Who's got breath in their lungs? Who's loving life? Yes. There is so much to be thankful for. There's so much to be joyful about, particularly when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Very cool. Well, just want to welcome you to Activate Church this morning. It's great to have you here. Uh, You can take a seat if you would like. It's wonderful that you've uh, got out of bed this morning, come along to the 10.30 gathering, and are going to join us in praising our God. It's going to be a wonderful gathering. So thank you so much for being here today. If you are new to Activate Church, we do want to really make you feel warmly welcomed. And as you exit the um, auditorium this morning to the right-hand side, you'll be able to get a new uh, guest pack. And inside that guest pack has information about the church and a coffee card so you can get a free coffee as well, which is pretty cool. Pastor Sheridan and Jan are down in Christchurch this weekend. Pastor Sheridan's ministering at Westside Church uh, with Pastor Michael Brown. Uh, So we really pray that God would really speak through him this morning. And that uh, West Side would be blessed by his, um, him and Jan being there. Excellent. Well, we've had a wonderful morning so far. At the 9 a.m. we had uh, a couple of baptisms, which is really, really cool. Uh, so Podge and her daughter got baptized and um, so it's been an awesome morning and it's going to continue this morning. Right, Who's had a birthday or wedding anniversary in the last week or so? Jump up, jump, come out to the front, come up, that's cool, happy birthday. Anyone else had a birthday or wedding anniversary? Two, very cool. How old did you two? Nine and how Eleven? Eleven and nine, awesome. Cool, hey stand up, stand up. And church, can I ask you to stand to your feet and we're just going to pray a blessing over our two people here who have had a birthday. All right. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. Happy birthday. Awesome. Kids, I think it's time for you guys to go have some fun. Enjoy. Kids Church this morning. Thank you, leaders, for all that you do, Jims and Tim. Thank you, guys. So kids out this door, and I think you guys have got a fun activity for the school holidays today. Excellent. Let's give our leaders a hand. Thank you, guys. Excellent. Now, we've got a testimony now um, from Jonathan or Caroline. Jonathan or Caroline? here. Down the back. Oh, there we are. Sorry, I couldn't see you. Come on up. Awesome. Let's give Jonathan and Caroline a hand as they come. All right. The whole gang's coming. Now, will you need a hand with the microphone? or? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, come. Oh, you've, you've got it, Jonathan? Awesome. Bless you.
2: Okay, so we have a three-month growth spurt going here, so forgive me if this is kind of scatterbrained. But um, so we were asked to talk about School of the Spirit and um, give our testimony. And firstly, I just want to say how incredible School of the Spirit was and is Um, It's about drawing nearer to the Lord and and getting closer, you know, being hungry and I think um, life abundant. So um, when I saw the email in the inbox, I was so excited because for the last two years, I've been asking the Lord um, for more um, for my birthday present, which is at the end of June, um, for a greater feeling, more of His Holy Spirit and everything. So when I got this... um, email for School of the Spirit, I, I couldn't wait to go because I was very, very expectant. Um, so we showed up and it was everything and more that we wanted it to be. Um, but we were also, um, I'm breastfeeding still, so we had to bring my little girl Annabelle and um, right before uh, right before we, we came, about a week, she was diagnosed with acid reflux. And I'm not sure if that was entirely everything that it was, but we knew that something wasn't right, and we we believed for a for a healing rather than just um, the typical treatment of Gaviscon or this is you know whatever um, a colicky baby whatever they don't really know what it is. Um, so we were there and we had her and and. We ran into Phil Strong in the morning, and I said, "Hey, Phil, do you have any gifts of healing?" As um, little Annabelle was sitting there crying in pain, and uh, he said, "Well, yeah, actually." So um, we just, you know, did our, our our morning session. We did the the broke for lunch, and then Phil came up to us afterwards, and he said, "Do you mind if we we all uh, pray over here during the healing session?" And I said, "Yeah, I mean, that would be that would be awesome." So. We, all, we brought her up to the front, and the whole group of us prayed for her healing, um, which was incredible. Um, she cried, <laughs> but um, I know that it, it broke something in the spiritual. And then afterwards, he came up to us, and he said, as he was praying for her during the lunch session, um, he got a word of knowledge, and he asked if it was a traumatic birth, which... It was, um, it wasn't a traumatic pregnancy, but it was a traumatic birth. Um, but nobody knew this, just family members, because she, she came out okay and everything was fine, so I just didn't really feel the need to, to say. But he said that um, when he was praying, that um, he felt like God told him it was a traumatic birth, and that gave way to Jonathan and my fear and it allowed a spirit of affliction to come in. And it, it just kind of made sense, it, it clicked, that something, that something else was hanging over Annabelle. And in that moment, we, we prayed and we um, declared the, the power of Jesus over here, and we prayed it off, and we asked for forgiveness and healing and um, she's healed. She's healed. Um, now, if she could just sleep through the night, that would be awesome. <laughs> but I just want to say that two things really struck me in that moment was one that even at the birth of a baby, the spiritual powers that are there, and it was it was kind of scary in a way that, you know, we really, really, really do need to be pressing in and and be real um, about our spiritual walk. But the second thing that struck me was just how beautiful the Lord is that, that he, he showed us that and that he healed her and he's a good God. So anyway, that's it. Thank you. Sign up next year. It's awesome.
1: Awesome. Wasn't it encouraging? Thank you guys. Bless you heaps. What an awesome testimony there of God's goodness, His healing. And um, yeah, and something that we've really felt for this, this gathering this morning is we really believe that there's freedom um, today, that there's joy, that there's life um, to be experienced. And, and healing and release from things that are burdens on us and holding us down, that stops us from experiencing the life And the joy that is available to us so i really want to encourage you we're going to enter back into a time of worship but in that time lift your eyes from from the things that are burdening you lift your eyes from those things that that you feel restricted by that are constraints on your life lift your eyes to god see jesus victorious at the right hand side of the father he is full of power he is a healing god yesterday today and forever And he is a God who wants to meet with you intimately and make sure that you experience life and joy in the fullness of those two senses. So God, we just thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that you are victorious. You are a powerful God. And Lord, we thank you that you want to release us and give us freedom in the spirit today to be able to enter in with joy in our lives and experience the full life that you have for us, life of influence, life of power, Lord, life that makes a difference in our world. So God, I just pray right now that you would enable us, Holy Spirit, minister to us and help us to be able to put those things down at your feet, hand those those things into your loving arms so that you could um, see us released of that, so that we could praise you with everything that we've got.
3: God is greater.
4: Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. For the power God. Our God. Our God is. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God you are The power of God, our God, you yeah. pray am great, Lord. You're healing God. Yeah. I'm higher and the other name. Let's
3: sing water you turn. Water you turn into wine the eyes of the
4: light. There's no one like you. you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like If our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, nothing can stand again. Nothing can stand again.
1: got a word of knowledge here that she'll just share with her.
5: When Caleb said before that God heals today, yesterday and forever I just felt that there was someone here I got a pain in my jaw I don't know if someone here has got a bad toothache or something with their jaw, is there someone here today that has that? Can you put your hand up? Anyone here? Down there? Awesome. I'll come pray.
1: Excellent. And I really sense that there is a real moment of healing in this place. There's a real moment of freedom in this place. I don't know. I I can just really sense a tangible sense of that, the power of the Holy Spirit now. And I just really want to encourage you, if there's things that you need a healing for or things that you're holding on to that suck the joy out of life, that sucked your ability to be able to connect with God. Maybe, maybe it's a physical healing sense that you need. Maybe there's a mental or an emotional, um, a spiritual type of freedom that you require. I want to encourage you to come to, come forward to the front as we um, continue in worship this morning. And some of our leaders will come and pray and really declare a release for you and um, freedom. Thank you, Jesus.
3: maybe more than one Um, you've been believing God for a healing and you've been standing for a long time and it hasn't manifested when you thought it would and you've shrunk back but God says don't shrink back now's the time for your healing there should be at least another four or five people here you've started to doubt that God heals Um, and and it's quite serious there's I get something in the back I think it's I think I got about two people over here but if you'd come forward I believe God's gonna set you free from that
1: awesome so if that's you if you want to come forward and receive prayer um, yeah come forward and they will be awesome continue please
4: is moving You Can step into the waters of the sea. There's a miracle for all who will believe. And now God is moving, our God is healing. You can step into the water. And is a beast. Oh
1: So we've just got a couple of people that would love to share right now about what God's just done for them um, with healing, so I believe there's two or so oh, Linda, Linda great, excellent, I think we've got one other as well, Jordan was a fantastic, so, Linda take us away
0: um, I had real dry hands for ages and I thought oh you know God's going to heal it, I don't really need to go up the front but like I couldn't even really squeeze my hands because they were really sore and dry and itchy and haven't been able to sleep very well because he's just so itchy and like amazing. My hands are already so much better. So if you want healing, just come up the front. It's amazing. Incredible. They're not red. They're not itchy. And they're going to be, I'm going to be we- be able to wear my wedding ring tomorrow, yeah.
2: hopefully.
1: <laughs> awesome. Praise God. Jordan.
2: Hi guys. I had an incident on Monday night and um, it affected my jaw and how I chew. So right behind my ear. And it was to the point where when I'd eat, it would hurt and you'd hear the crunching. And so, Rish just prayed for me and I've just received full healing.
1: Praise God, eh? Yes, and may God get all the glory. Yeah, it was Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit that released those healings. And I'm sure, I'm confident that there would have been more this morning as well. Um, So, I just want to encourage you to continue to pray, continue to believe. In, um, healing from Jesus. He is a God that heals. He is a God that heals. So it's my privilege to invite Pastor Ray up to share the word this morning so you can take your seat and be expectant for a wonderful message.
6: Bless you, Ray. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you, guys. Great seeing you this morning. Isn't it wonderful to hear those testimonies? Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. Who else was touched? That was prayed for this morning. Well, Can you raise your hands up? Just have a look around at these people that are raising their hands. It's awesome. Praise God. I think we should put our hands together and give the Lord a big hand. That is wonderful. Well, church, it's my pleasure to invite Luke. Where are you, Luke? Luke up. And uh, Luke has been serving in Activate or Eastside as it was back in the day. Uh, youth for a decade, 10 years. So it's a long time, isn't it? And he's done a fantastic job. And uh, Lucas decided to go and do some study. He's going to study sociology and political science. So you might see him on politics one day. Who knows? And, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Luke for Yeah. So um, I thought it'd be just great to hear from Luke in terms of uh, what he's going to do. Um, there's a few other things as well and what has been one or two highlights for your time. And then I'd like us to gather around and pray. And Luke's going to be pr- uh, preaching tonight at 6 p.m. So I really invite you to come out for that. So, cool.
3: Mean. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to uni, Waikato, uh, to study. It'll be weird. I'll be one of the old people there. Uh, <laughs> which will be fun. Uh, so i doing that for the next three years, looking at the five-year goal of kind of planting a church. Um, so just kind of hitting that, having some different perspectives, I guess. Um, sociology is all about studying cultural change, uh, how society functions. And so I, I think that's probably a good thing to have in the church, is understanding the world we live in and the society and how to influence and make change. So that's my long-term goal and, and so, um, I just feel like it's now time to step into that, and I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Great.
6: Thank you. So why don't we jump into the front? And can I ask? Um, let's gather around, Luke. People from youth leaders, friends, family. Let's gather around and we'll pray. And uh, yeah, it'd be cool. Awesome. It's amazing how quickly a year goes by. You shared a highlight in the in the 19. What's a highlight been for you, Luke?
3: Uh, just seeing youth lives transformed, yeah. yeah. That's, great. That's great. Fantastic.
6: Well, one of Luke's best friends is Nari. Tell him who's <laughs> gonna miss <laughs> me. Because Nari's really gonna miss Luke. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Nari to pray. You come in, Erin. Yeah. Come right in. Yeah. On. Yeah. 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 Great. So I'm going to ask Nari to lead us off and follow
5: Lord first up we just thank you for who you are and we thank you for Luke and who he has shown yourself to many others around him Lord he's planted seeds some of which have grown some are still to come forth but come forth they will and there will be a harvest who will continue the work of loving God and serving others as Luke has done So, Lord, we just ask your blessing upon him as he leaves. And we know that you're leading him through this time. It's not the end of ministry, but it's a different change of ministry. Lord, the things that you will teach him, I pray, that you would open his eyes to see what you want him to see. And you'd hide him from the things you don't want him to see and hear. But, Lord, that you'd also open his ears to hear you in ways that are different to normal. The voice that he hears through university will be yours. Yours will be the greater voice amongst all of those. So Lord, as he studies and has to go through things that maybe he wouldn't normally, that you would lead him and that you would teach him and you'd give him new concepts that have come from the Father heart of God. So Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for that dream of a new church somewhere. Lord, you already know about it. And we thank you for that. So Lord, just be his leader, be his helper, be his guide be his love and as they as they marry I've just it's gone slow through my mind because I'm old <laughs> Aaron, as they walk toward their marriage Lord that you would just uh, bless them in every way possible that they would scoop up blessings on the journey that you have for them the basket is full and overflowing thank you Lord yeah.
6: Father we thank you for uh, Lord Luke of 10 years, this one decade of service, Lord, of sowing your word, Lord, of commitment and desire and Father, we thank you for transformed lives, lives, Lord. And Father, I pray that God, as, as Nari has prayed, with seeds that have been planted, that, Lord, the fruitfulness, Lord, not only today, but, Lord, in the generations forward will be a blessing and a testament to the work that Luke and his team has done. So, Lord, we declare and speak blessing over him and Aaron. Lord, may you bless all that they put their hand to. May you bless it on the left and on their right. Father, we release Lord Luke from the responsibilities of youth leadership. And Lord, as he embraces study, may Lord he find that something that would absolutely invigorate, inspire him for the next season of his life. We thank you for them and we praise you for all that you've done and will do through them. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's give them a hand. Thank you, guys. Very cool. You doing well? You doing well? Oh, good. Good, I thought you'd gone to sleep for a moment. (laughs) Well, we're looking at, as you know, Philippians chapter 3. Actually, why don't you just carry on playing, Stanley, because I like that. (laughs) Do you know the Pope had a swimming pool put in his um, papal palace, some people ask, well, that was expensive. Why did he do that? And his reply was, I just wanted one. And uh, I think about music. It just Isn't it so nice to have music and um, playing? So Philippians chapter 3, we're having a look at part 2 of it. And uh, I just need to build on something that we shared last time. And I'll lay this as a foundation of where we go with it today. So the title for my message today is One Thing one thing, and we'll catch that phrase as we go. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the tremendous opportunity it is to be in your house today, to come into your presence. Lord, to worship you and to express our adoration and our delight in knowing you. And Lord, thank you that there's no one better in the whole universe to know than you. Thank you for your infinite love and Compassion and care and acceptance of us, Lord. Often when we struggle to accept ourselves, Lord, you say, I accept you. Lord, often when we're beating up on ourselves, you're cheering for us. So thank you, Dad. Thank you, Abba Father, for your incredible love, for your incredible delight, for your incredible lifting up and honoring of us. And Lord, thank you that you've made us worthy not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. And that through His death and His resurrection, we have the forgiveness of our sins and the resurrection life living within each of us. Thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. God is good, isn't He? He is so, so cool. Okay. So last time, we we looked at Philippians 3, verses 1. Uh, through <clears throat> the first two or three, I suppose. And we identified some really important truths. And uh, I started off with John chapter 1, verse 17. And it says this, the, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So you may recall we... Wrote up truth, and we wrote up grace. I love grace. It's the empowerment of God's Holy Spirit to be like Jesus, whenever, wherever. And one of my favourite stories in the Bible, because it's just, it's just such a good story, is when Jesus gets caught into the fray of the religious leaders about to stone a woman who is caught in the act. Of adultery, you'll know this story well. They've all sat there with their stones, their accusations to hurl abuse and to stone her to death. And uh, Jesus knew, according to Leviticus, if a person is caught on the act of adultery, the law says, You shall stone them to death. Jesus knew that, knew that. But this is what Jesus does. You know this story well. He says, He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone and one by one from the oldest to the youngest they leave they walk away and what Jesus is doing is showing incredible grace the truth is that woman could have been certainly to the old testament law stoned but Jesus came with grace and truth he that's without the first without sin cast the first stone and we know Jesus says to her where are your accusers they've gone and he says go and sin no more that word go is just filled with the wind of god's spirit to rise up and live with fresh life and this is the thing that truth does when it works well in our lives it brings freedom john 8:32 you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free and as Jesus showed this woman, He showed her favor. Incredible favor. You can read about that in James chapter four, verse six. But on the other side of grace and truth, if we take truth too far, we get into the realm of legalism. And rather than being favor and freedom over on this side, of the ledger, is fear. You can imagine how terrified that woman would have felt that day. Absolutely filled with fear. Equally, if you go on this other side where we take grace too far and it becomes lawlessness, we can just become into the world of fantasy. In the world of fantasy, things can become like this, you know. A believer can say, well, I can sleep with a prostitute, that's okay. All I need to do is ask God to forgive me. It's just taking God's grace far too far. And so I shared an example of legalism where my uncle, Uncle Martin, bless his soul, he's a good man, but he said to me, Raymond, when I was about 12 or 13, he said, unless you come to my church, you cannot be saved. Isn't that crazy? Unless you come to my church, you cannot be saved. And I remember flicking through my Bible, never reading, you must come to Uncle Martin's church to be saved. The only way we can be saved is through our faith in Jesus Christ. That is the truth. But legalism seems to bring fear. She had another story. Wendy corrected me afterwards because I didn't quite share it correctly. It was about her mum. When Wendy was growing up, she was probably 11 or 12, her mum was part of a, a, a women's group um, and they, would, or Wendy's mum, would meet with these women on a weekly basis and these women would say to, to Wendy's mum, you need to throw away all those t-shirts that have got things written on them, what your kids are wearing are not right, those games that they're playing is not right, so Wendy's mum began to, uh, to throw away Wendy's clothes and and things like this, and she was, as you can imagine, quite upset about it, and Wendy's mum was a little bit apprehensive about it, but one day, Wendy's mum challenged these ladies and said, look, God's word says this, and this woman who was leading this group said, I don't care what the word of God says, God told me. How's that? When that happened, Wendy's mum, praise God, left the group. She came to Palmerston North, and that's where I met her, so that was good, so I thank God for those women anyway. (laughs) (laughs) there's always good no matter what happens isn't there yeah so on the other side of legalism here is control lots of control but under truth there's conviction we know the conviction of god and under grace we can know the courage of god and over here under lawlessness is complacency And we can just go on and on and on with these sorts of illustrations of what fear does, or sorry, what what legalism does, and what lawlessness does. Here's another thing that's under legalism, is religion. There's rules and regulations and all those sorts of things. But the truth is, God has called us to rest. And his grace enables us to be restored. Sorry, it's a little bit lopsided writing. Can't quite get down there to get it level. And on the other side here, where it goes too far into lawlessness, people rebel. What, God makes, what makes God really happy? When we live in the grace and truth lanes. He doesn't want us living in legalism where there's control, where people feel fearful, where there's religion and judgmentalism and all those sorts of things. God is saying the zone to live is in His grace and His truth. What I've observed, and I'm sure you have too, when people live heavily in the zone of legalism— you must do this, unless you read this version of the Bible, unless you come to this meeting, unless you go to this church, unless, unless, unless you must, you must, you must, what it ends up in is abuse. That's where it ends up in. Because people feel controlled, they feel fearful, it's full of rules and regulations. Likewise, if it's lawlessness... People feel neglected, abandoned. You don't have to look very far to see that sort of thing. But God hasn't called us to live in those lanes. He's called us to live here. And I want to say to you this morning, this is where Christianity is unique compared to any other religion in the world. Other religions will say they have truth but there's only one truth, which is Jesus Christ. But there's no other faith that has grace. There's no other faith that says, here's the power of God to lift you up and seat you in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. There is no other faith that says your sins are forgiven and whose God has died in your place when it should have been you. It's the grace of God. So that's what we talked about last time. And then, What I want to build on today is I said it was like a, a railway line. I'm going to share some truths with you. Here's the truth God is holy. Isn't that a beautiful truth? That truth means God has a distinctiveness, He has an otherness. It's not about not being in sin, but God just has this incredible attractiveness. There is no sin. There is no darkness. It's full of light. It's absolutely beautifully appealing. God is holy. God is holy. And you can read that in 1 Peter 1, verses 15, 16. So, what is our response to that? Be holy. But you try and be holy by yourself. You try and do holiness in your own strength. It's just not going to work. We need the grace of God. What's another truth? God is creator. And the grace of God, we have gifts, according to Romans 12, 6. God's grace is, has given you and I gifts. And so as God is the creator, his power of his Holy Spirit enables us to express him through our giftedness. A lot like Pastor Nick shared a couple of weeks ago where he said, talking about Eric Little, the, the runner, the uh, Olympian, and he said, when I run, well, so God has made me fast, and when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Isn't that awesome? Maybe God has given you the gift of business. And when you're doing business, you feel God's pleasure. Or maybe God has given you the gift of teaching, Whether in school, university, uh, a polytechnic, whatever it is. And when you teach, you feel something of God as you share with others. Whatever your giftedness is, it's a mirror of this truth that God is creator. We can just carry on on this truth track. God is righteous. God is righteous. You know what I love about this? I really like this. When I was young, I don't know, maybe some of you felt this way as well. When I was a young kid, five or six, I never thought adults could do anything wrong. I thought my parents were perfect. I honestly did. I thought my dad never could make a mistake, and and my mum certainly would never make a mistake. I thought my cousins were perfect. I thought teachers were perfect. Until one day I heard that my cousin had gone to jail. <laughs> I thought, how does that work? He's meant to be perfect. And then it dawned on to me that, um, that adults aren't perfect. And then I found out that my dad wasn't perfect. And I found out my mum wasn't perfect. But the thing is, God is. Jesus, <clears throat> He's righteous. He's never made a mistake in his life. Everything he thinks is right. Everything he says is right. Everything he feels about a situation is right. He's right on. He's right on. You like that one? Yeah. And here's what the Bible says about you, according to Romans 5. I'm righteous. How do you feel about that this morning? That's what the Bible says. God is holy. God is creator. God is righteous. Therefore, by His grace, we're empowered to be holy. By His grace, we're empowered to use our gifts for His glory. By His grace, we're empowered by faith to know that we're righteous. We can come before His presence just as though I've never made a mistake. Isn't that awesome? So when God looks at Wayne... He sees Jesus and goes, he's perfect. Isn't that amazing, Wayne? Yeah. 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 I think the same too. (laughs) Here's another truth. We're running out of room here. God is love. Absolutely true. Do you know the meaning of life? Love God, love one another. You just sum it up all like that. Love God and love one another. And because God is love, He gives us the grace to love one another. Isn't that easy? But isn't it good to see it like that? Here is the truth. Here is what God calls us to be by His grace. Now, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 11, Paul has done exactly this. He says, God is one, and I want to be one with him. He says, God, Jesus is a resurrection, and I want to know his resurrection. And so Jesus, Paul has outlined all these sorts of truths. And the truth is, to live in them, we need to have the grace of God to enable them there, to, to be in them. And then he goes on, and we're going to pick this up in Philippians chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. If you've got your Bibles there, we'll have a look at that. Philippians chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. And here we go. Verse 12. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. In other words, Paul is saying, I haven't achieved all of this stuff. I haven't achieved it all. all <clears> or <throat> I don't mean to say that I've already achieved all these things, or that I've already reached perfection. But I listen to this. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I haven't achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. There's the one thing: forgetting the past and looking forward. To what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Isn't that amazing. These are the truths. This is the grace of God that enables us to live all of these things. And Paul says, I haven't got it there. I haven't achieved it. There's what I call, I'm just going to rub that off. There's a gap. Who feels a gap of where they want to be but yet where they are in their Christian walk? We've all got a gap. We wish we were here, but we're here. We're on this journey, but we're not quite yet where we want to be. We've all got this gap. We say things that we shouldn't say and do things that we shouldn't do. I... I, I, I say things to Wendy I shouldn't say because she says things to me she shouldn't say. (laughs) She's not here and I can say that. Please don't tell her. I asked Wayne, is that all right? He said, it's fine. It's really mild, (laughs) right? No, the ladies don't like that. Oh, look, I'm only joking. She she says only nice things to me (sighs) most of the time. (laughs) Get myself in trouble right now, couldn't I? But there is, okay, let's get on this thing. So there's a gap, and when you've got a gap, it creates a bit of a void, and how you fill that void is really, really important, and Paul lays out two things to fill this gap. This gap, every person, every Christian on the planet has it, and as long as we're breathing air on this earth, we're going to have this gap. So if you know the person sitting next to you has got the gap that's fine, because we've all got it. It's how we respond to the gap, which Paul is really trying to address in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. He says, there is this gap, and I'm going to teach you how you deal with it. And he lays out two things of how to deal with the gap. The first one is about perspective, and the second one is about posture. And he uses the analogy of an athlete running a race, which if we've got time, we'll have a, look, a little look at that as well. So the first thing he says is about perspective. It's really, really important to grab hold of this church because what we tend to do, all of us, we tend to forget the things we need to focus on and focus on the things we t- should forget. We focus on the things that we should forget and we forget the things that we should focus on. Therefore, the Scripture says, Many times in the New Testament, Paul writes, I say this to remind you. I remind you yet again. Because he all knows we have this gap in our lives and we tend to forget the things we should remember and remember the things that we should forget. So these two things, Paul says, perspective. This is the first perspective I I want you to get on and understand, Paul says. I want you to know, and and I'll just read it to you um, again, in verse 11 of... um, Philippians chapter 3, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Two things when you've got a gap. When you've got a gap, you can say, this is all too hard, and I'm just going to turn back, and I'm just going to walk off. Paul says, when you've got a gap, and that's every one of us, here's what you do. You press on. You keep going. You keep going forward. No matter what happened. just keep on pressing on. Some days in the middle of winter, it's a lot harder to press on. When the kids are screaming, when you can't find the car keys, when the washing machine's blowing up, when the toaster don't work, when it all happens, when you're slid over on the wet lawn and get all dirty, when you slop your food all down your front, just as you're going out. Paul says, it's what you do, you press on. Just press on and remember this thing. As Christ has possessed me, so I want to honor Christ's infilling of me. That's what Paul is saying. So when Wayne became a Christian, Jesus is saying, I desire to develop myself in Wayne. So when people look at Wayne, they see Jesus. There you go, Wayne. We see Jesus in you. When people look at Linda, Jesus decided... I want to apprehend her life. I want to come and live in her so that Linda can show me to the world. And when people see Linda, they go, well, there is Jesus. That's the perspective that we need to have that God is working in us. In Philippians 2, we've spoken about this before. It's God who works in us for his will and his good pleasure. So the perspective that Paul is saying, don't forget this church. God is at work in you because he desires to, because he wants to, and he wants to show himself through you. And how does that look? It looks, when Jesus is really working in you, it looks like grace and truth. And it certainly doesn't look like legalism with fear and control and religion and rules and abuse. That is not Jesus. And certainly it's not lawlessness with fantasy and complacency and rebellion and neglect. That's not Jesus. But Jesus apprehends us that favor would rest on us, that freedom would be upon us, that courage, that conviction, that rest. We would know what it is to be restored. That is what Paul is saying. Don't forget it. Hold on to it. This is key to pressing on. When it's tough, when you're the washing machine blows up, when the family's not working the way that you want to, when your kids are doing things that you just don't desire them to do, Paul says, press on. This is the lane to stay in. This is the lane that will give you life. This is the lane that will give you freedom. He then goes on to say, again, press on. So we've got press on once, and he goes again, this one thing, I press on. And he says this. Two simple words. Forget the past. Look in essence to the future. And that's all in the context of Press on. So what, say, what does Paul say? Forget the past. What, this is where the context of the athlete comes into place. You know, you could what Paul is not saying, he's not saying don't deal with things of the past, don't resolve things of the past, but what he is saying, don't rest on the achievements of the past. When an athlete uh, ran in these times, in, in these Greek times, Uh, We know the Olympics started in in Athens. They would run their race, and at the end of the race, they were presented a a wreath made out of um, olive leaves. And that wreath was presented around their necks, and they would stand there in honour. And it was very easy, if um, and this is where the saying, don't rest on your laurels comes from, as well as athletes could look back and say, well, that's what I did 10 years ago. I'm just resting on that. Paul is saying, Forget it. It's great for sure. But don't rest on it. Because if you rest in that, you'll become complacent. You've got a gap. But that looking back, that resting on things, on the laurels, is not where God wants us to be. So he says, forget it. There's another very good example in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 19, verse 26 in particular, but you can see it through all Genesis 19. I'm sure you know this story well, where there is um, Lot and his wife, where Abraham is calling them out, and um, the angel comes to them with a very stern command, run with this clear instruction, do not look back. And so they take off, Lot's wife looks back, what that's really saying, her desire is for the past. Her desire is for the things she's leaving. Her desire is for the old ways. And God gave a clear instruction, don't look back. And what happens, she becomes a pillar of salt. So her looking back, became, she became a monument. Jesus says through Paul, look forward with forward momentum. Keep pressing on, because as you press on, the gap will get smaller and smaller and smaller. There's still going to be a gap. We've all got to deal with a gap. That's life. But the gap's okay if the gap's getting smaller. And if we're pressing on, and the way we press on is not looking back, Paul says forget the achievements. Forget all those good things. As good as they are, sure, they're wonderful, but you don't live there Paul is saying, look forward. Now, this is where you live. You live looking forward to Jesus. And so let's go into Philippians chapter 3. In fact, we'll go over to Second uh, Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Now you've got to understand, when Paul was writing the book of Philippians, he was writing f- f- uh, three other books, Ephesians, Colossians, and the letter to Philemon. So he was in prison. He'd been in prison approaching four years. He gets released, and then he writes his final letter to Timothy. And so what we're reading here in Timothy chapter 4 is some of the very last words that Paul writes. And so they're very weighty to understand what he's writing. But they fit in very closely with Philippians, what we're just reading. So uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6. As for my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And a prize is not just for me, but for all who are eagerly looking forward to his appearance. So here's Paul saying, it's almost over for me. Soon there's going to be no more gap. The gap will be gone because I'm going to be with the Lord forevermore. And that's how finally the gap is dealt with, that we're in the presence of the Lord forevermore. But until that time... Paul says, I'm eagerly looking forward to Jesus. I'm pressing on. And if Jesus is clearly in your view, in your forward-thinking view, this is what happens. Everything I do today is going to make sure I keep Jesus in view. So the truths that God is creator, God is love, God is good, by His grace... I will be using my gifts for His glory. By His grace, I'll be loving other people. By His grace, I'll be sharing His goodness. And the wonderful thing when we are anchored on the truth of God and live under the wind of the grace of God, where the wind of God blows under us, guess what? It just comes a whole lot easier. Rather than me have to work hard and work just nailing on, Lord you're working through me. The Lord is working through you. Grace and truth. And Paul says press on. When it's a hard day. Forget yesterday. We're not a yes today church. We're a yes today church. We're not a yesterday church, we're a yes today. Yes Lord, I'm pressing on. When I don't feel like getting up and praying. I can take that legalistic, or I can say, Lord, I don't have to pray. I have the privilege of getting to pray. It's your grace that is enabling prayer. Yeah, I'm going to press on with that. I know there's some gaps, but I'm going to press on. I don't have to read your word. I get to read your word. I know there's some gaps, but I'm pressing on. I know I don't always say the right thing to my husband or my wife or my sister or my brother or my partner, But your grace, I'm going to press on. I'm going to press in and press on. And here's the thing. Psalm 103. As far as the east is from the west, the Lord has separated us from our sins. He has forgotten them. When you confess your sin to the Lord and you say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I did last week. I shouldn't have done it. If you've confessed it before, the Lord will say, I can't remember what you did last week. As far as the east is from the west, it has been forgotten. It has been cast aside. And the Lord is calling us, don't look behind. You can't change that. The past is like toothpaste. Once it's out of the the, the toothpaste tube, you can't put it back in. But look forward. Press on. I'm going to keep on. There's a great illustration of a guy in the 1968 uh, Mexican um, Mexico Olympics. His name was Stephen Awari, and he was a Tanzanian um, marathon runner. And he started the race, and at the 19K mark, I think it was, 1920K mark, he fell badly and dislocated and, and damaged his knees, uh, or one of his knees. There was a medical team there that could get his knee back into the socket, and although he was badly grazed... There was a voice inside of him that just said, carry on, carry on. And as he came to the stadium, the race was well over. The medal ceremony ceremony had all been completed. But he walks into the stadium, and these people see him, and they just rise to their feet. And he's, You can see it on YouTube. And he's just hobbling in, but he runs, and he crosses the finish line. He kept pressing on. And when he's asked, why didn't you stop? He said, my country didn't send me 5,000 miles to run a race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish a race. Jesus has put you in a race, not to start it, but to finish it. And Paul says, I have fought the good fight of faith. I have run my race. We all have a gap, but here's the answer. Press on. Press on. Press on. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your word to us this morning. Lord, I thank you for the words of the Apostle Paul to press on. Father, help us to forget the things that we should and to focus on the things that we should. Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, we thank you for Jesus who started a good work in us. And Father, may we yield to your grace that, Lord, the gap will continue to diminish as we become more and more transformed into the very image of Jesus. If you're here this morning and you don't know what it is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. If you're here this morning going, my life is certainly not to the full and it's certainly not where it should be. Maybe you've known the Lord but drifted off. Maybe those words press on, are resounding in your mind. It's time to turn around and face Jesus. If you're saying, Lord, I want a new start, then today is the day. just why every eye is closed and head is bowed. If that's you this morning, can you raise your hand and give me a wave? Take a few more moments. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your incredible love for each one of us. Thank you, Jesus, that you came with grace and truth. And as a church, may we live in the fullness of expression as a body that walks in the fullness of grace and the truth of Jesus that whenever, wherever, we're like Jesus, like a city set on a hill, shining your light brightly in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you, church.
1: Excellent. Thanks, Ray. Wonderful message. Very um, challenging. Press on. That's really, really cool. Uh, so just for your information, there's no take-home question today for the kids at school holidays, um, but that still, you can still have good godly conversations at home, can't you? You don't need a question from the kids' church. You can still bring that up in conversation with your kids. Um, if you are new to activate, as I said in the, at the start of the gathering, there's a gift um, or guest bag for you um, just as you exit the auditorium on the right-hand side. We also have our giving stations on the left-hand side of each door. So please be purposed in your giving. And I'll just pray now for our, our offering. So dear Lord, Lord, we just thank you for the offering that we're receiving this morning. And God, I just thank you that you are our provider, that you first give us everything. You, Lord, you've given us life and you've given us the resources that we have. And so Lord, we, we give to you today generously and we give to you with a, a heart that wants to thank you and uh, give in to your purposes. So God, I just pray your blessing upon what we've received and that you'd multiply that and you'd help us to make a big difference in Hamilton, New Zealand and beyond. So I pray for your blessing to rest upon every giver in Jesus' name. Um, so as we finish, and I'd, if we can end with a song, that would be awesome, go out with a bang. Um, but if you would like to receive some prayer for anything, Please feel free and welcome to come forward and our prayer teams will be here to um, pray with you. 6 p.m. tonight, Luke is speaking. Come along, support Luke. Um, Yeah.